A reading from 2 Samuel. These are the last words of David. The oracle of David, son of Jesse, the oracle of the man whom God exalted, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the favorite of the strong one of Israel, the spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His word is upon my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, one who rules over people justly, ruling in the fear of God, is like the light of morning, like the sun rising on a cloudless morning, gleaming from the rain on the grassy land. Is not my house like this with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. Will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire? But the godless are all like thorns that are all thrown out away, for they cannot be picked up by the wind, by the hand. To touch them, one uses an iron bar or the shaft of a spear, and they are entirely consumed in fire on the spot. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from Revelation. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. These are words from the celebrated American poet of the 20th century, T.S. Eliot. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. All of life is a series of beginnings 
and endings, followed by new beginnings. And so it is with our celebration here this morning on the Feast of Christ the King, the last Sunday in the church's cycle of calendar. We began last year, which is actually, was actually next year, on the first Sunday of Advent, next week. And now we're ending here today with the Feast of Christ the King. We begin again next week with a new beginning. And the whole cycle of the church's calendar is really the life of Jesus and the events in his life and the achievements of his life. And so they are ended here today with our recognition that Jesus is the King. He's Christ the King. And Christ is actually the Greek word means the anointed one, which is actually the Hebrew word Messiah. So Jesus is the Messiah. And in the early church, you have the proclamation of Jesus as Lord. It is Jesus is the anointed one. And the anointed one was the term used throughout Israel, throughout ancient Israel, to look ahead toward one who would come and finally bring fulfillment to the yearnings of Israel, the anointed one, the Messiah, Christ the King. The reason why we, we associate Jesus with a king because his life was far from being a kingly life, to say the least, it is because the kings of ancient Israel were all anointed king. The first two kings, Saul and David, were anointed by Samuel, and we just read from the book of Samuel, who was a very important prophet in Israel. And nobody would be able to be king without Samuel anointing him. And so one is anointed king. And the anointing is nothing more than the spirit of the divine entering into someone and guiding that person on their path in life. It's interesting to note that we've also uh, heard from the book of Revelation and very typical of these last Sunday readings in the cycle, we speak of the, the words of John in the Apocalypse, the book of Revelation, about the end of time, the end of things. And it leads us to think about, I know it does for me, maybe because of my upbringing, the, the idea of a judgment. Some of the readings speak about the judgment. And of course, John in the book of Revelation talks a lot about judgments. <clears throat> so what is this judgment? When we look at our lives, 
with a beginning and an end, how do we judge our life? How does the Lord judge our life? And I would just offer that famous parable of Jesus about judgment. When everyone is gathered before the Lord and he has to evaluate everyone. And the criterion for that evaluation is very simple. When I was hungry, you gave me to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. When I was in prison, you came and visited me, and so on and so forth. And those who have passed that judgment question the Lord and say, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we visit you in prison? And so on. And of course, you know the answer. Since you have done it to the least of my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. That is the judgment. It's not complicated. The mystery of our faith is that the way we treat each other, literally, is how we are interacting with the divine. And of course, the other side of the judgment, of course, those who uh, are on the short end of the stick at the end, where the Lord says, when I was hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. And of course, they ask him, when did we do this? When did we see you would not assist you in any way? And of course, he says, because you didn't do it to one of these least of my brothers and sisters, you didn't do it to me. So we shouldn't overly complicate our understanding of our faith our understanding of judging our lives. It's very, very simple. How do we treat others? How do we treat ourselves first? You know, we have a relationship with ourselves. We have a relationship with others. One of the, one of the great issues in our time is this negative image of ourselves. Many people carry sadly, a very negative image of themselves. They're unhappy with themselves. They wish they were someone else. Or they wish they were very different. God bless you. So, we first come to appreciate who we are. We're sparks of the divine flame. Therefore, we're significant. Before we do anything, before we achieve anything, we already have a tremendous value. And so the first order of our business is to recognize who we are deep down. Our big problem, the age-old problem, is who we think we are. You know, that's kind of a, a good summary of what the term the human ego means. Our human ego, our ego is our perception of who we are. 
And on the basis of that, we live out our life. That is, of course, a great danger because we are naturally born very self-centered. We naturally look to ourselves to protect ourselves, to ensure that we go on. But that is not our true self. And in psychology, they even talk about the self as opposed to the ego. And our true self is not easily experienced because it's buried deep within us. And there's so many layers of uh, trivia above it that distract us, that it takes a long time if, if you have the energy to burrow down in there and to be at one with who you really are. And that is what we're called to do in all religious traditions. Our vocation is to experience our true self. And when we do that, we are experiencing the divine. Now that is a shock to some people, but that is the truth of it. We shall not cease from exploration. And the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Because we always think we know who we are. But hopefully when we truly discover or have a sense of it, then we realize it was there all the time. Our life has gone full circle to where we started. So I just ask you, in this season, as we approach the, the coming season, the holidays and so on, and the religious traditions that we celebrate, that we try to take on uh, the task of trying to forget ourselves, trying to forget the ego side of our lives, and try to rest in the peace of who we really are, because peace is a big part of the Christmas tradition. You know, peace on earth, goodwill to men, and so on. But that inner peace is what we're really looking for. And I wish that uh, by the time this season is over, that perhaps you may have had maybe a slightly different view of where you're going. Because where we're going, each and every one of us here, will be an end. There's no way to avoid it. But like all ends, it is the start of a new beginning. Let me conclude with this. You know, uh, in the Hindu tradition, when someone is greeted, they're greeted with hands folded and, and the words namaste are offered. The meaning of that in the original Sanskrit is a little complicated actually, it's a term, but the term has a lot, you know, means a great deal. And what the term means is, the divine in me acknowledges the divine in you. You see, that's very profound. 
It's a recognition of the divine within one and a recognition of the divine in the other, which we, we don't, I would say we rarely do. And so I'd ask you to think about that. And uh, may we all leave here today with the thought that it is the deeper things of life that really matter, the immaterial things that we can't put our finger on. When we read the creed, when we pray the creed, right at the beginning, right after it speaks of God the creator, it says we believe in what is visible and invisible, what is seen and unseen. That's one of the core beliefs in our faith, that we believe even in the unseen. We believe in something that we just can't put our finger on, but we know is part of that divine flame. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.